Shalom, shalom, holy friends. Thank you so much for being here. Chanukah Sameach, wishing everyone a light-filled Chanukah. And how beautiful that on Hanukkah we get to learn Rav Cook's universal Torah light straight from Rav Cook's home um, in Yerushalayim, in Ir HaKodesh, the holy city of Jerusalem, Rav Cook's universal Torah light, where we're going to look at some of Rav Cook's core illuminations on the universal vision that the Torah directs us to. And we're going to look at how there might be implications for our lives and for our activities today if we embrace this bright universalistic light. And we're going to learn that with not only a master teacher, but the head of Beta Rav Kook in Yerushalayim, Rav Yitzchak Evanshaish Marmerstein, is the gabbai and educator at Beta Rav Kook in Jerusalem. He is the chairperson of Orla Raya, a Jerusalem creative educational project devoted to sharing Rav Cook's universal illuminations with the world. And as part of this, he shares Rav Cook's enlightened poetry in Hebrew and in English with musical accompaniment. He is ordained by Rabbi Zalman Nehemiah Goldberg in 1989, Rabbi Shlomo Karbach in 1992, and Rabbi Zalman Shakta Shalomi. Oh, I never knew that in 1996. Very nice. Uh, Rabbi Yitzchak, great to have you here with us. Thank you so much. Shalom Aleicha, holy friends everywhere in the world. And now I want to put on, I'm going to take off the blur because I want to start by lighting candles in my window and using the window, the computer window. It's opposite. It's a perfect thing. And just to bless in the light. So I like the holy shamash to... Blessed be the light of the world and the kindler of the world, Baruch Atah Me'or Ha'olam, Asher Kitshanu B'mitzvotah V'tzivanu L'hadlik Ner Chanukah. Baruch Atah Me'or Chayenu Melech Ha'olam, She'asa Nisim L'avotenu B'yamim Ahem B'zman Hazeh. Blessed be the Holy One who who did miracles at this moment, at this time, and at this moment for our ancestors and the <laughs> lights of Hanukkah are kindled in order to spread the light everywhere. And Amen. So I'm glad to be able to share the light with you now and as a as an opening for sharing the inside light of Hanukkah as presented by Harav Avram Yitzchak a Cohen Cook Zecher Tzadik Livracha. I guess that if I get there is the glowing picture of Rav Cook and Rav Cook was born in 1865. As a young man already in Europe, it became clear to the religious leaders of Europe that, that he is the next great light of Israel to emerge. His Rebbe was the Chafetz Chaim, who was the elder Kohen of Europe in the late 1800s and the early 1900s, who at the age of 23 sat him down and he said, you have to be the next leader of Israel. Go to be a rabbi in Israel and, and enter uh, 
enter Jewish history and do what you have to do because the Jewish, the world needs you. And he sent him out. And then in 1904, he came to be the chief rabbi of Yafo, uh, which then he, he was uh, involved in the building of Tel Aviv right next to him. And then during the First World War, he was out of Israel and had a lot to do with the process of the British, uh, the, the Balfour Declaration, declaring the, 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 the permission, so to speak, of the British mandate for the Jewish state to be created and brought that force into political history. And then he came to be the chief rabbi of Jerusalem upon his return, in which he remained and continued to do until 1935 when he passed away. When a few years ago, there was a survey here in Israel, who's the person most influential on shaping the modern state of Israel? Ben-Gurion was number two, Rav Kook was number one. And also just one last point about him to give us some understanding of his significance. Um, a, a, a four volume study of his writings recently emerged by a tremendous scholar of, of, of Kabbalah and, and, and modern thought, Yosef Avivi. And he basically has come to the um, conclusion that what Rav Kook is giving us is an explanation of the Torah from the realm of Atzilut. We understand that there are four realms of our experience. We're in the physical experience, uh, in the body, we're in the emotional realm, uh, the heart, we're in the mental realm, the mind, and then the, the realm of Atzilut is the level of spirit, integrated spirit. And the, the Judaism of the exilic period was, was rooted in the world of the mind. And what Yosef Avivi explains that Rav Cook is giving us an, a more evolved, uh, more expanded understanding of the Torah, which is much more necessary for us to integrate in order to really bring the full light of Israel to the world. And his Torah is really in service of bringing the real inner light fully, fully into the world and to become a, a, a great source of, of inspiration and healing. So it's with that introduction to Ruff Cook, I would like to let speak some of his words, share some of his teachings but by, by reading what he had to say on a few different levels. So we begin with an extraordinary poem. The Whispers of Existence. All existence whispers to me its secret. Chaim li yesh kach na kach. I have life to offer. Take, please take. 
if you have a heart and in your heart is your heart is flowing with red blood not poisoned by the toxins of despair all life is whispering us all existence is whispering to us i have life to offer take please take but if our hearts are covered and the beauty of existence does not entrance us then existence whispers to me away from me away to you i am closed locked forbidden sura many sura hareni lecha asura if every gentle sound every living beauty stirs us not the holy song but instead awakens in us a stream of strange fire away from me away to you i am closed locked forbidden sura many sura areni lecha lach asura vedor yakum vechai and a generation will awaken come alive will sing to beauty and to life and draw unending delight from the dew of heaven and from the vistas this is not translate and from the vistas of the carmel and the valleys of the sharon will flow the wealth of life secrets to be heard by the ears of a nation a people alive and from the edenic nature the beauty of her song and the beauty of her life a holy light will fill all and all existence will murmur lovingly to us my beloved i am yours i am yours all existence is whispering to us its secret here i have life take please take in every single moment we're invited to to experience life fully and may we be blessed to succeed to do that because the light of hanukkah is about the expanding of the light and and the growing of the light and so forth and so with that as the first piece i'd like to send i guess a few different pieces of light i'd like to share um rough cooks perhaps one of his most fundamental teachings that uh explain really the, the it's all about the the overall structure of existence the piece is called shir meruba the fourfold song and it's based on the divine name the divine name is four letters yud hey vav hey and the divine unfolding is yud yud hey yud hey vav yud hey vav hey 
the four letters of the divine name are unfolding in a pattern of one plus one plus two, one plus two plus three plus four, and that adds up to 10. That's how from the divine name is created the, the tree of life, which is created of 10 spherot, the, the spheres of life. So Rav Kook said that we have to understand that we operate simultaneously in these four levels. And they basically are, there is a part of us, Yeshu Shar Shirat Nafsho. There is a part of us in which we sing the song of our own selves. In ourselves, we find everything, our full spiritual satisfaction. So there is the element in which we're really giving expression to our own private, personal being. And then there is the level in which we are singing the song of our people, of our community, the community that we're born into. We leave the circle of our individual self because we find it without sufficient breath, without an idealistic basis. And then we aspire to the heights and we attach ourselves with a gentle love to the whole community. In this case, he's speaking of himself, the community of Israel. But every, every person is invited to, to, to sing the, the song of, of, of their people, of their family, of their community. Together with our people, with our community, we sing her songs, we feel grieved in her afflictions, and we delight in her hopes. We contemplate noble and pure thoughts about her past and her future, and we probe with love and wisdom her inner spiritual essence. So we're invited to give to give expression to, to the community that we're living in, that we are a part of. And then there is the part of us in which we reach towards more distant realms. We go the, past the boundary of our own community, of our own people, and sing the song of humankind. Our spirit extends to the wider vistas of the majesty of all humankind and all its noble essence. We aspire toward humankind's general goal and we look forward toward the higher perfection for all humankind. And from this source, we draw the subjects of our meditation and our study our aspirations and our visions. A part of us really needs to be singing the, the song of humankind to, to really ex giving expression to our common humanity and part of our humanity and our concern for all humanity. And then once we're able to sing the song of our personal selves and then we sing the song of our community, and we sing the song of humankind, 
And then we can rise toward wider horizons and we unite with all existence, with all God's creatures, with all worlds, and we sing our song with all of them. And then there is that part of us in which we're invited to rise with all these songs in one ensemble, and we all are invited to join all our voices together and sing all our songs with beauty lending vitality and life to each other. We are called upon at every moment to sing the song of ourself, our own personal song, the song of our people, the song of humankind, and the song of all existence. They must merge within us at all times in every hour. We can't simply be locked into one part of our identity. We have to be simultaneously and always expressing the song of our personal soul, of who we are, what, what we're drawn to do within our lives from our soul level. And we're invited to give expression to the song of our people, of our, of our community, and for the well-being of, of all who are around us. And then we're invited to sing the song of all humankind. And then the song of all existence, the entire ecological understanding is implied in, in this portion in which we're not only locked into our, our, our identity as human beings, but we're part of the, the larger natural realm of existence. And we have this you know, ecological relationship that we're responsible for. And it's only when we're singing all of these levels, then we are able to really sing a song of holiness. Israel Shir El, that uh, the song of, the song in Hebrew, Shirat El, Shirat Israel becomes the, uh, the expression of the song of, of, the, of all of these songs, because it says in the tradition, there's a teaching, Israel Shir El, the word Israel is the word song of God, Shir El, and it's called a simple song, a double song, a triple song, a fourfold song, Shir Pashut, Shir Kaful, Shir Meshulash, Shir Merubah. We have to be at every moment to be truly singing the song of God. We have to be singing the song of ourself, the song of our people, the song of humankind, the song of all existence. And that's the song of songs of Solomon. The, the word Solomon means shlemut. This is the true song of songs, the melech shalom shalom, the sovereign in whom all is wholeness. So I want to bless us that we're able to, to really achieve this level of um, unification of all parts of our being so that we can really be then purveyors of holy song and holy light into the world because we're, people are so locked into one identity over another that it's the source of, of battles and, and, and 
and conflicts of all sort that identification with one as opposed to all together integrated. So that integration is extraordinarily important for us to be able to live together on planet Earth the way we're meant to live together in the way we can. So may we be blessed to be agents of this wholeness soon in our days. Amen. So Amen. the next, the next uh, step, I want to introduce you. There's two extraordinary souls in our time. It's clear as more and more comes out that the Rav Cook is really one of the most enlightened uh, purveyors of, of, of wisdom and, and from the perspective of Torah, but it's a, he's really giving expression to the, to the Torah's universal teachings. And he had one primary, he had a number, a few close students, but he had one primary student, Rabbi David Cohen, the Rav HaNazir, who took on a Nazarite lifestyle because he came to the understanding that the uh, there's a midrash that the the Nazarite lifestyle the he did as a as a spiritual practice is a stepping stone to prophecy. When he first met Rav Kook, he understood that Rav Kook is experiencing that which he is wanting to experience, and then he became his closest student. And one day, um, he asked him in 1923, when they were in Jerusalem, he asked him, I see there's extraordinary illumination with you. Is there also a, a system of, of knowledge that is important for us to know that you're, that you're teaching? And Rav Cook said, certainly. And he gave him his uh, central writings. The David Cohen, the Rava Nazir, then sat down for 12 years with these writings. There were particularly eight notebooks that Rav Cook wrote between 1910 and 1920. And then he, as when Rav Cook passed away, he published a uh, presentation of selections from these writings and presenting it in a systematic order of a, a consistent philosophical system that he calls the wisdom of the holy. And within that, he has a section where he identifies the five root principles of Rav Cook's understanding of reality. That is to say, if somebody wants to have Rav Cook's understanding of reality, these are the five principles about the nature of reality that are fundamental to, um, to integrate into one's consciousness and understanding and into one's life. And I wanna quickly review the five foundational principles in Rav Cook's teachings. 
as identified by his primary student, Harav David Cohen, Harav Anazir. And they are Hakodesh Haklali. Everything is holy. This entire creation is a creation of the creator. And as such, it's a divine creation. And it's it, it it's all holy. This is this entire world, every single iota of existence is holy. And then he has certain comments. There's holiness takes many forms. There's a holiness that builds and a holiness that destroys. The benefit then, then he says, what our work to do is to take the deeper elements of good and holiness that have been embedded in the lower superficial world. And we must take the holiness and bring it forth as fully as possible. And out of the, from being able to, hold on, being able to, to draw from this world, we're able to, that's what our work to do is to, is to, is to bring sanctification into this world and to be agents of bringing this recognition of the holiness of all life to the entire world. And in this way, we'll be able to build a new world, a world pervaded by a great light. Principle two, achayut ha'olamit. Everything is alive. We are in a living creation that we're living in a world of light and life, and everything is aspiring, longing, yearning, according to a pattern that is adorned with holiness and girded with beauty. And that means every aspect of our life is meaningful. This life of ours is not meaningless. We're living in this living experience that we are a part of. And we're active agents in this living experience. We are, as the in, in the Bible it says, the human is the created in the image of the divine, meaning we are the representatives of the divine presence in this world. We have the, the choice, the power of creation and destruction and complete freedom of action. So we're given divine capabilities in order to shape this world and in, 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 in bring it into great holiness. So everything is holy, everything is alive, and everything is one. It's all united. All existence is included in one point. And the main prayer in Judaism is to declare the oneness of the creator with the world. And Rav Cook explains that the, when we affirm the divine unity, we're revealing the unity in the world, the unity in humankind, and unity among all nations, and the entire content of existence. And that's 
what we need to do is to come to this understanding that even the dichotomies, even the differentiations are actually all part of the one. And when we come to a higher understanding, we're able to see the unity incompatibility even with of opposing forces. So everything is one. What's the fourth principle? Everything is good. This entire creation is a creation of good. And therefore, we, we brought in the experience of bad. The biblical story is about how the human beings brought in the experience of bad. And therefore, he says, what we're here to do, the divine directive is to raise humankind and the world from the depths of bad to the heights of good. It's in our doing of good that we become significant divine actors in this world and agents in the world. And then we become the ones that we can elevate and transform everything to, to, to restore it to its good and direct all our activities to the universal improvement of the good. That's what our activity is here. We're here to be agents of good. The fifth principle, everything is rising, everything is evolving, everything is elevating. We're in a process of continuous improvement. And even the descents, the things that happen that look like we're going down is actually part of the larger process. The wheel of life is turning towards one point. All histories is coming to hashlemuta acharon, the final holiness and perfection, using the language of, of Moshe Chaim Lutzato. And so our understanding is that we are where where we are able to be in this state of consciousness, this understanding, then we're no longer standing not as a separate entity, but rather as a continuation. We experience ourselves as a continuation of part of the vastness of universal existence. And universal existence is all, in, it's all moved by our yearning to be better, more vigor, more to, to, to bring life to be better, purer, more vigorous, Vigorous, vigorous than it is, and within this yearning is a hidden life force for overcoming every factor that limits and weakens existence. And that's the punchline here, that the fact that everything is moving towards perfection means that there's nothing that can stop that process. We have the agency to overcome every limiting factor, every weakening factor in existence. And that's how we can truly improve endless, good, endless worlds with every good action. So I wanna bless us that we can really integrate these five principles and come to the understanding that we're living in an experience where everything is holy, everything, that's just to review it quickly here. Every Akodish Haklali, everything is holy. Hachayuta Olamit, everything is alive. 
האחדות הכוללת, everything is one, הטוב הכללי, everything is good, התעלות העולם, everything is always rising, evolving, and elevating. And once we're able to integrate that, I want to, I guess, one more piece of light from his teachings. What are the implications of all that? Well, the implications are that we need to be agents to bring about universal harmony. How do we do that? All our activities must be directed towards disclosing the or hashalom haklali, the light of universal harmony. And how do we disclose the light of universal harmony? This is derived not from suppressing any power, any thought, or any tendency, but by bringing all energy, all powers, all thoughts, all movements, bringing them, each of them within the vast ocean of infinite light, where all things find their beauty, where everything is ennobled and exalted and everything is hallowed. And therefore, we must liberate ourselves from confinement within our private concerns. It is necessary for us, if we're locked into our private concerns, we're reduced to the worst kind of smallness and we're bringing upon ourselves endless physical and spiritual distress. It is necessary for us to raise our thought and our will and our basic preoccupations towards universality, to the inclusion of all, to the whole world, to humankind, to all of existence. And the firmer our vision of universality, the greater we will experience, the greater joy we will experience and the more we will merit divine illumination. So may we truly merit divine illumination on the, especially in the Hanukkah, kindling the lights and the lighting, the, the, the light of, of universal universality and the dominant, if I was to go on, we should read his writings that the dominant energy that we have to do this is the power of love. And that love is 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 the expression of good, and is the strongest power we have. So may we be blessed to be agents of love, and thank you very much, love and light, and thank you very much for your attention and this opportunity to share this. Yes, Aglaya, do you want to jump in with the first uh, question or thought here? How did you know? <laughs> okay. Uh Okay, I was just so into this. Okay, I was really just loving all of this and everything. But um, the question that I came up with, um, uh, hold on just a second, I need to find it, the fourfold song. Well, the way that I was looking at it is that you go from the self to your community, to the world, and to the, you know, the distance. The distance. Yeah, the distance and everything. Um, if you Existence. go... Yes, if you go all the way to the fourth level, though, do you ever come back? Have you just learned how to somehow shatter your perception of your selfishness completely? Or do you ever have to come back to yourself? That's my... But you come back to yourself, but you come back to yourself 
connected to all these realms. It's not one or the other. It's all yeah. together is, yeah. is, is how we're meant to live. It's not even magic. It's, it's, we are, we are in all these realms and let's, let's be, let's awaken to it. Right. Awesome. Thank you. Eddie, you want to jump in at all? No, I just want to share praise for that. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Rabbi. That that was such a good class. Um, I'm, I'm looking to bring in some of that light into my own life and, and using Rav Cook's amazing teachings into our day-to-day -day life. We all, yeah, good for you. Good for you. On, on the level of soul, um, to what degree is Rav Cook an essentialist in the, in the sense of it, it, is a Jewish soul fundamentally different from a broader world of, of souls and how does it kind of on a universalistic plane kind of engage on a soul level with the rest of existence well it it's there's certainly something uh something defining that happened to Avraham and Sarah to create this entire uh, reality of Israel. And it's a very real thing. And Rav Kook, though, is also very clear that the entire, the, the, the focus of Israel is to participate actively in, 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 in the perfection of the world in, 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 a, in a deep connection with all humankind. So it's not in any way a separation, but it's, a, it's an honoring of an extraordinary, you know, it, it, it's hard to describe, but it's a very, it's an amazing teaching that is the, the teaching of Israel, the continuation in all of it. And especially, you know, to see what's happening also, you know, he, I'm here in Jerusalem where, you know, at the center of it. So he really honored and understood that the Israelite uh, reality was, was, was significant and explained, though, that the ultimate, the real purpose of it is to serve the, the, the perfection, the, uh, the fixing of the entire world. And if Israel doesn't do that, then it's not... You know, it's not it's not Israel. We're meant. That's what we're here to do. So you know, on on this plane of, you know, he as a Kabbalist and kind of an activist, if you will, you know, how do we change the world? Because as a Kabbalist, just doing me to vote, doing me to vote um, brings a tikkun olam. But as a person who's building Medina Israel, as a person who has universal universalistic uh, teachings, as you shared so powerfully, like. How, what is the primary avenue where a Jew kind of influences the world? Is it through ritual? Is it through rolling up our sleeves? Like, no. what's the relationship between those two realms? Um, the Rav Cook very much emphasizes that the purpose of the Torah and the purpose of it's about morality and action. The ritual and all that is important spiritually and so forth but it's not like 
magic. We do these religious acts and that fixes the world. What fix it, what we have to do is 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 deal directly physically like with the with what needs to be done actually. We and and we have to it's all about morality and, and doing good. But in the physical world, it's a world of action, not a world of ritual. Okay, can I jump in again? Okay. All right. So please correct me if I'm mistranslating this. So, but while you were scrolling, I saw um, I think it was Ein Sof, and it does that means without limits, technically, right? Correct. Ein Sof, right. Okay, yeah. Okay. And so that's one of the things that I thought was really, really just, you know, it kind of I was reading Daniel Matt and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so like perfect and everything. But that's when I started thinking, okay, um, because of the idea of limitations and everything, limitations also put boundaries around things. So what would be the boundary between, I mean, if it's just something that's in our perception or if it's something, but say for instance, a lot of um, what you were talking about, I've read in stuff about Taoism and you know, so on and so forth and everything. So what's that boundary all about that we've put between, okay, you are this, you are that. I mean, is it just an illusion or like? No, it's, it's, it's the vessel within, it's, it's, it's our simultaneous thing. We are who we are, and we're mm -hmm. part of beyond of who we are. It's all it's all part of the oneness and the richness of the, of of this experience of life. It's got these multi level things, so it's it's uh, they're all to be integrated. Beautiful. You know, but, but but what but the teaching of the Torah is very much that we are physical beings that are experiencing this physical experience but this even the physical the physical experience is part of a much larger experience and and you know we're we're framed by the human frame of space and time and for that but it's part of the it's part of the extraordinary opportunity that we've been given this opportunity to be the divinely powered beings in in a in a world where we're destroyers and so it's a, it's a it's a huge gift of life that we've been given this opportunity uh, uh so uh aglia did you have a follow-up there I was just thinking, um, it's not really that important, though, but uh, talking about humans being created in the image of God also as, all right, there was, um, well, something that got me in trouble when I was in grad school. And then a few years later, I felt vindicated when I read it that was said in Professor Tolkien's, one of Professor Tolkien's lectures about how well humans are in the image of the creator. So why that's why we would create imaginary worlds, fantasies, fairy tales, stuff like that. And so I'm looking and thinking from this perspective of, wow, okay, so we are creators also. And I felt completely vindicated when I saw that. But looking at it from also from Rob Cook's point of view about, wow, I mean, we create things because of our divine, you know, we're in the image of the divine. So that is something that we are supposed to do. And it's Yeah, it, Ruff Cook would not have much patience for like fantasy creations for the sake of the fun of it. Mm -hmm. We're here to, 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 to help the poor, to heal the sick. We are, we're here to deal with life, not to space out into our 
That, that's a misuse of our imaginative faculty. Rabbi, if I can ask you one last question, and then we'll, we're going to wrap up here. Um, what would Rav Cook root his faith and progress in? Right? I mean, as you um, know, um, most Torah scholars thought we were declining. You read that to We're getting further from Bereshit. Yeah, no, we're no. getting further from Sinai. Right? The notion that we are progressing, or HaMashiach, right? And But then we have post-modernity, where the whole notion post-Holocaust, which, of course, Rav Cook wasn't alive for, um, that progress is inevitable or even possible kind of gets shattered. Um, but like for Rav Cook, his belief in, you know, in, in progress, uh, how would he root that? Um, he would, he would express it by say, expressing how much he sees it. And he's, he would point out all the ways he's seeing it and invite us even to look at those things that we see are not really part of that. Look a little deeper and you'll see how it's all part of that process unfolding. But now in this modern times, it's very easy to see because from the perspective of Israel, we are now experiencing all the positive prophecies that uh, um, there's a book that just came out here in Israel that I have at Rav Cook's house. It's called The Prophecy, and it documents all the various prophecies, Moses and all the other prophets, about what they said would happen with Israel in the time of redemption and, and all of that. And then he shows with maps, statistic charts, that's what's happening. We are now experiencing the fulfillment of the biblical promises. With, and 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 even the the and yeah and mo and there's a number of prophecies that, that's very clear. So you would say, hey, look, it's it's really happening. We are now. So that's it, that's the overwhelming reality right now. So would that be kind of um, just to throw this out there? If you've returned from that level four, not to sound like a video game, but if you've returned from level four, then you come back and you create progress. Yeah, I, I, if you can say that again, please. Okay, so you've come from, you're at level four, and then it's in uh -huh. yourself, like you're still, but you are still in the bot in your body and everything. You go out and you create progress. That's where you, you know, from that um, level four, you come out and you create progress with and everyone you, around you. This is level and one. you create progress, not just for yourself and your own, for, for, for all life. For all you the level one people. All the levels. If you become an agent for that. And so it becomes a much more, uh, it's much larger life than, than, than the locking yourself into your own nation state identity, which, you know, we see what, but it requires uh, people to, to, to grow, to step out of their personal identity to the point enough that they, that doesn't become their primary allegiance. Beautiful. Thank you so much, uh, Rav Yitzchak. It's, it's always a delight to learn Torah from you, in particular to have some inspiration this Hanukkah and to think about how Rav Cook was such an anomaly and so unique of that generation. And not just then, but in our time, what we can continue to learn from him now and be inspired from him. So thank you for all the great work you do. We hope our listeners will support Beit HaRav and visit, visit next time you're in the holy city of Yerushalayim.
Please, everybody is invited. Hanukkah Sameach. Yeah. And also, yes. And also, there is a daily learning that I can send the details to. People are, are welcome to join. We, we learn Rav Cook daily Wonderful. on Zoom, Hebrew, English. So everybody is welcome to join us. Just email yeah. me. Or I'll send you the I'll send the info to, to Rabbi Shmuley. And Rabbi Shmuley, I want to tell you that one of the things I'm I'm you are one of the best expressors of Rough Cook's universal concern because the 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 things that you are putting your attention to are the are the universal things, your the, the larger things, the the other communities. You're really you're not locking yourself into just concern about about your particular community, but it's, you're really- an Well, thank you. Rav Cook has been an enormous inspiration for me on how living through Torah is not doesn't weigh us down, preventing us from engaging in the world, but gives us wings to fly. Um, yeah, I, it, it, and it invites us to. Yeah, that's right. I, I know many people who think, oh, I don't need the Torah part. I'll just, I, I happen to be a Jew and I'll work for this stuff. And I know many religious Jews who don't want to engage in in the universal side. And I think these two together has been the great joy of my life. And I, and I owe that to Rav Kook. So thank you. you. Thank you so much. Hanukkah Sameach. Thank you for all you did. Take good care, everybody.